This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, we've been talking on the show about the crowded mayor's race. After all, voters will determine the city's 100th mayor. And in recent weeks, some candidates have picked up support from really influential political groups. But in this race, do endorsements matter? It's Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me now is CityCast Philly political contributor, Denise Clay Murray. Denise, historically, have political endorsements mattered for Philly's mayoral candidates? Yeah, they have, because basically it's a group of people that Philadelphians all agree on co-signing on you, saying this person's cool, they should be the mayor or they should be in city council, vote for them. And they've gotten together as a group to say this person's cool, you know, and you should do this. So they've they've always been important. Um, It's just right now at this part of the race, they can be crucial. And the reason why they can be crucial is because they're still getting their petitions to get on the ballot. And if you have like a teacher's union or the building trades or District Council 33 or any of the notable people that have made endorsements, these groups, this is these are ground troops that you can use to get your petition signed, to get people to help you get on the ballot, to possibly raise you some money so that you can continue your efforts. So right now, this means a a lot for just getting your campaign off the ground if it's not already. So let's actually back this up a little bit. What actually is an endorsement? Basically, what an endorsement is, is when a group of people or a newspaper's editorial section or, or something like that comes out and says, I support you. And instead of just saying it, you know, to their friends or to their family or just saying, oh, I support this person and I'm going to go out and vote for them. They're saying it in public. Mm -hmm. They're letting the public know we support this person. This person is who we think is the best candidate. And they're putting their they're putting the weight of their reputation behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay, now from the perspective of unions and organizations and groups, what's the strategy behind publicly supporting a mayoral candidate, though? It all it, it kind of gives these groups a, p- a place at the table should this person get elected. Got it. OK. You're saying, hey, I endorsed you. That means when you become mayor or become a member of city council, when we call you because we have an issue, you're going to take that issue on. So, Denise, I was reading in the Philadelphia Inquirer last week, former council member Sherelle Parker received an endorsement from the Philadelphia Building Trades Council, which is this group of, what, more than 30 construction unions. And they also supported Mayor Kenny back in 2015. And it's been reported that Parker called this endorsement game changing. Is it game changing, Denise? If you had asked me this question four years ago, 
I had to say yes, it was mm-hmm. because the building trades, in addition to you know the obvious ground troops uh, uh, of you know union workers and construction workers that can go out and get your petition signed, they also came with a whole lot of money. Unfortunately, for the building trades, a lot of that money came from one place, and that one place was Local 98, the electricians' union. Now, Local 98 isn't what Local 98 used to be anymore. Mm. And the reason for that is their business manager, John Doherty, got convicted on a whole bunch of federal corruption offenses. And because of that, the union is still trying to figure out what it wants to do politically. Because when Johnny Dot got convicted, he was also convicted with former city councilman Bobby Heenan, who basically the federal government accused Local 98 of basically buying him and putting him on council. So because of that, people don't know how much Local 98 is actually going to contribute to the building trades political efforts. And there's money in other unions, but not the kind of money that Local 98 was bringing. At one time, Local 98 was the most prolific political donor in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So from the standpoint of having people get her petitions out and and help her as ground troops to, you know, get her vote out, then yes, the building trades endorsement could very well be a game changer for Sherelle Parker. But in in terms of money, which is what you kind of still need to run a campaign, I don't know how helpful they're going to be, to be honest. Got it. Let's talk about Unite Here Philly, which is a union of hotel and food service workers that endorsed former council member Helen Gim for mayor, as well as AFSME, American Federation of State, County and Municipal Employees, District Council 47, and the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers, and among others. Denise, can you just tell us how important these endorsements will be for candidate Gim? They'll be important because of who these people represent. While District Council 47 has like, is a combination of blue and white collar workers, Unite Here is definitely blue collar workers, um, hotel workers, people who get paid some of the lowest wages in the city, if we're honest with ourselves. Um, one of the things that you know, folks that have been following the mayoral campaign thus far have noticed is that one of the battles within the battle is who is going to be perceived as most progressive. Helen Gim and, and former controller Rebecca Reinhardt basically are fighting for the same group of people. And the fact that um, Unite Here and, and DC 47 have endorsed Gim over Reinhardt kind of puts her at a disadvantage when it comes to the whole who gets the progressives thing. Okay, I think that the reason why that might have been is because, you know, let's face it, Helen Gim has been on picket lines with both of these groups of people. And and that's the big reason why they endorsed her, because they already know her. She's been on picket lines with them. Whether or not that's going to help her financially it is anybody's guess, but it will help in terms of ground troops. It will help in terms of people that will get her petitions out, that will 
you know, make sure that her ballot is given to people when it's primary time. Grocery store owner Jeff Brown, who never held office before, got the endorsements of ASME District Council 33 and also the Transit Workers Union, SEPTA's union, Local 234, among others. Will that be important for his campaign? It'll be important because District Council 33 is a big blue collar union. And again, it's petitions. It's getting your vote out. But what was interesting about that particular endorsement is that when they took the vote for the endorsement, there were people within District Council 33 who didn't know that they were going to make this vote. In fact, the rumor I was hearing on the street was the District Council 33 was going to go to Sherelle Parker. So when they voted to endorse Jeff Brown, that was a surprise for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. The joke that I made when both of those endorsements came down was neither of them will ever have to pay for catering again in their lives because Jeff Brown is... You know, it, it, like like I was saying, to, I was saying to someone earlier, if you're working in the black media and you have never gone to an event catered by Brown Shoprite, you're not hanging around the right people because every single event almost that I've ever covered in certain sections of the black community has been co- catered by Brown Shoprite, and since District Council Thirty Three and um, Transport Workers Union Two Thirty Four are predominantly Black unions, it really wasn't all that much of a surprise that Jeff Brown got this endorsement. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Denise, is it unique to have the union endorsement split like this? It is. It's very, in fact, this is probably one of the first times I've seen it happen because usually District Council 33 and District Council 47 they decide on the one person and that's who they endorse. But this time, and and I think it's because of the sheer number of candidates, that's kind of why the union endorsements got split the way they did because Mm -hmm. everybody has a different thing that they bring to the table that these unions like. You know, we've been talking about union endorsements, but what about sort of social media endorsements. Like if a candidate is active on social media, like TikTok, IG, or Twitter, does that help them in any way? It helps them with certain voters. The super voters in Pennsylvania, particularly in Philadelphia, are older. And while their great grandkids or their grandkids may spend a lot of time on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, they don't you still have to knock on their door. You still have to give them a leaflet. You still have to talk to them. Social media will get younger people to pay attention to you. But because it's electronic, 
unlike the other forms of media, it's not necessarily going to get you to the polls. Mm-hmm. And while there are candidates that are using social media, I mean, you also have candidates that aren't really. I mean, Sherelle Parker, for example, the only time you see her on social media is when she is advertising one of her fish fries to raise money for her campaign. Now, there are very few things more old school than a fish fry. But a fish fry is good, oh, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you go to Lou and Shoes, you, you pay yes. a certain amount of money. Champagne, yeah. treasures, yeah, exactly. and you can eat all the fish and fries you want. And and yeah. and basically, you spent you, you contributed like twenty five thirty dollars to someone's political campaign, and you and your friends get in there on a Friday night, you know, mm-hmm. eat too much fish, drink too much liquor, and everybody's happy. Yeah, and that will make them think of her when they go into the voting booth. Right. Oh yeah, Sherelle Parker. We went to Champagne's and we had some good fish at her fish fry. I'm gonna vote for her. And yeah, that sounds silly on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's retail politics. And retail politics, until we get to a saturation point with social media that we have with retail politics, that's always going to be the most effective. Interesting. I also was curious, you know, about religious organizations. I know they can't really actually endorse candidates, but if you see a candidate speaking at a church or, you know, another place of worship, is that considered an unofficial endorsement? What's the strategy there? Well, it's considered an unofficial endorsement because the the, the minister is allowing this person to be in their pulpit. But The minute that a church decides, an individual church decides we're going to endorse this person, the IRS comes in and says, hey, you know that 501c3 nonprofit status that you have enjoyed for your entire time as a religious body? Guess what we've come to take? You're not supposed to endorse if you're a nonprofit. You're not supposed to make any endorsements in terms of politics. Now, there are organizations that you know, endorse on behalf of churches like the Black clergy of Philadelphia and vicinity, they make an endorsement as a group of ministers. That way it's not attached to any one church. Okay. But they use, like the minister might say something, oh, well, I might think, I think that this person is the best person for mayor, but I'm not going to tell you to vote for them. That way they have given themselves plausible deniability. But, the, the, but you know, if you've been a member of a church and you've seen your pastor and how powerful he is and what kind of sway he holds over his flock, he may not have directly said you should vote for this person, but he came real close and you're going to listen to him because he's your pastor and you listen to him when it comes to a lot of things. Got it. Are there any groups in Philly that you don't want to get endorsed by? Well, It depends on what you're hoping for for your campaign. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure that roughly 85% of the people running for mayor would not want an endorsement from the Fraternal Order of Police. Why is that? The um, Fraternal Order of Police, the FOP, the folks that have given us John McNesby as their president for years and years, 
the reason why they probably wouldn't want to be endorsed by the FOP is because the FOP has stood in the way of every kind of police reform that you could think to come up with in the city. So the FOP, particularly if you're trying to get Black and Latino voters to vote for you, is probably not the endorsement you want. Denise Claymurray, CityCast Philly political contributor, thank you so much for breaking this all down for me and for joining me on CityCast Philly. No problem. Thank you. Watch Denise tonight on the Philadelphia Hall Monitor at 6 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM and Philly Cam TV. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Democrat Joanna McClinton of Philadelphia was elected the first woman and second black person to be Speaker of the State House on Tuesday. According to WESA, Mark Rossi stepped down after a short stint as Speaker. McClinton received votes from all 102 House Democrats and no Republicans. And officials made an arrest after a West Oak Lane mosque was vandalized. 6ABC reports 47-year-old Jonathan Boone was charged with institutional vandalism, criminal mischief, and related offenses. It's time for Philly's Tip of the Day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. If you want to follow local government, Philadelphia City Council meets on Thursdays at 10 a.m. in room 400 down at City Hall. The meetings are open to the public. You can also watch on Xfinity Channel 64, Files Channel 40, or phlcouncil.com watch. And if you're a teacher, you can bring your class down to observe a session and meet council members. For more information on how to sign up, fill out the form at phlcouncil.com. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love for you to share. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. And if you're a teacher, you can bring your class down to absorb observe absorb 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 city government (laughs)